Welcome to Financial Planning for Tech Professionals and Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Mike Morton, Certified Financial Planner. And today, I'm excited to have our guest, Mr. David Feeks, because we are going to be talking all about why it's important to have estate planning, wills and trusts, what is this stuff, and why should you really care about it, why it's important. So let me go ahead and introduce David as we get started here. David is the founder and owner of the Parents Estate Planning Firm. His practice focuses on estate planning, wealth transfer, and asset protection. He develops lifelong relationships with his clients, serving as a trusted advisor to them and their families. David has the distinct honor of being the only personal family lawyer in Massachusetts, which I love. And most importantly, David is a husband and dad and in his free time enjoys hiking, biking, and traveling. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be with you today. Yeah, well, I'm excited because I get this question all the time. My clients and the listeners are usually in the middle of their career and maybe have some kids and they're trying to do the adulting thing, get their financial lives and organized. And of course, they know wills and trusts and these things and estate planning is really important, but they don't really know what that is. So I'm excited to talk to you about that today and introduce the topics and why it's important, how to do it, what it means and all those things. But before we get started, why don't you give us a little bit of background on what you're currently doing with the parents estate planning law firm? So I guess the first thing on the personal family lawyer designation, currently I am no longer the only oh, no longer. <laughs> personal family lawyer in Massachusetts. I forget how many. And over time, I, I've been a personal family lawyer since 2008. So I may be the longest running personal family lawyer for sure in Massachusetts. But I think at this point there may be less others, but there are others. Yeah, let me pause on that for one second. The reason I like that, and it was in your bio, and I like the personal family lawyer because I, you put me onto this designation, and I've used it a couple of times. So for listeners out there, uh, you can look up PFL, personal family lawyer, and I've reached out to a few in different states and always found them to be very helpful, very pleasant in any kind of family lawyer situation that you find yourself in. So just making that as a note, the PFL, personal family lawyer designation, seems like a really great one, David. Yeah, you can go to that website. You can find a trained attorney across the country whose primary focus is on estate planning, particularly with for and with families with young children. So a little bit about more me and the firm. I opened up my own firm back in 1998. I was a Boston law firm escapee. I had been working in Boston out of law school at what we would call a sophisticated litigation defense firm. So not a huge firm, but did big firm work in a small firm environment. But it was all a lot of trial work, uh, a lot of litigation. And when I had my first child, who just turned 25, but then was only a year old. We were li living out in the suburbs, and I was commuting every day in and out of into Boston, and then back out of Boston, and leaving the house at six o'clock in the morning, get home at eight or eight thirty at night. And I'd had this baby who slept magnificently, and I realized one night coming home on the commuter rail that I had not seen my daughter with her eyes open in I forget how many days. And I and my wife and I had worked really hard to have this baby. And I decided I didn't want to. I didn't want to live my life that way anymore. So I decided to open up my own law firm. And eventually, the firm transitioned primarily and and now exclusively to estate planning, and primarily for younger families with young kids or 
families with children transitioning into adulthood, so empty nesters. But right now, estate planning is all we do. About two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of our work, again, is focused on families with young kids. And that's an unusual focus in the world of estate planning. Traditional estate planning really is more focused on clients in their 60s and 70s and and 80s. What I discovered as the parent of young children years and years ago is that traditional estate planning does not serve families with young children very well at all. But that's what most people end up with because they go to see the lawyer that worked with their parents and then they get their parents' plan. But estate planning for younger families is in, in many ways more complex than even the planning for their parents because when you've got young kids you've got kids who can't take care of themselves and need someone to be nominated to take care of them in place of you if something happens to you and you've got kids who can't manage their own resources so it's not like you can leave them money and just hope for the best you've got to have somebody to step in and manage those resources for them so the the planning is far more complicated but that is what we've been focused on since 2008. That's day in and day out, all day, every day for us. Man, I love, you brought up a couple of important things there, but I love how you identified that estate planning runs the gamut. It can be a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It involves a lot of different parts. And most of what you find out there, estate planning attorneys that help you implement certain things are really focused on that uh, legacy planning or that adult planning and not so much on the kids And so that's a very particular need that you and your firm really works on. So before we dive into that, I'm interested in defining the time. When you say estate planning, what does that actually mean for the clients, those parents that you work with? Yeah. And the problem with the term estate planning is it turns a lot of people off because there are a lot of young families running around saying, I don't have an, and the way they think about an estate, I don't have an estate, so I don't need estate planning. We could call it anything. We could call it guardianship planning for young kids. We could call it planning for a brighter future for your children and for your family if something happens to you. We could give it any name. It just just happens to be called estate planning, but you don't need an estate. If you've got a minor child, you need to create some kind of plan for them. We can call it whatever we want, but you've got to create a plan for them. And even if you have adult children, you... You have to create a plan for what's going to happen to everything that you own, everything that you've accumulated over the years if something happens to you. So first and foremost, if you have minor children, estate planning is all about who takes care of them if you're not there to take care of them yourself or yourselves if you're married. So young kids, that's number one. Number two, estate planning is all about deciding and determining and taking ownership of what's going to happen to your assets, your stuff, your house, your bank accounts, your investment accounts, the proceeds from your life insurance policies, if you die. Where is that going to go? How is it all going to happen? So that's number two. And the third part, well, there's a fourth part too. We could talk about that. But the third big part of estate planning is what happens if you become incapacitated. What's the plan for allowing someone to step in and easily, seamlessly, without hiccups, make decisions for you if you can't make decisions for yourself, whether those are healthcare decisions 
or legal or financial decisions. So those are the three main parts of estate planning. Again, guardianship planning for your kids, planning for what happens to your assets, planning for incapacity, and then I would argue there's a fourth major component of estate planning, and you said the word earlier, but we can explore this a little deeper, and that's legacy planning. And that's more about intangible pieces, parts of you that would otherwise be lost forever if you died, things that are important to you, values, memories, stories, guidance, advice, the things you would want to share with your kids, the things you would want to share with the people who will take care of your kids. All of those things about you, again, that are internal to you, that you want to share with your kids and with your family, and maybe with the broader world, but that would be otherwise be lost forever if anything ever happened to you. And so we have found a way to even build that legacy part of the planning into our kind of planning process and our planning levels, even for families with young kids. And by the way, that legacy piece is as important for younger families as it is for anyone else, because you want to be sharing what you love about your kids, what makes you proud to be their parents, how you want them raised, religion, traditions, family experiences, things you want them to know, understand, be, have, and do as, the, as they grow up and become adults themselves. So all of those parts together, that's estate planning. And again, it's easy to get thrown off by the terminology, but that's the planning for the future that you're creating for your kids and for your family. Wow. That is, I've never really heard it that way and definitely broken down. I love those uh, three or three plus four components, but the way you explain that, because it's true, you think estate planning, I don't have an estate, you just framed it so well, but really what you're saying is parents, especially parents of of minor kids, which is is what your firm is all about, really just need a plan. What is going to happen if something is to happen to you? And you need to have that plan. And so that was going to be my next question is why is this important? But I think it's pretty obvious. It's important because if something were to happen, you not only need to have a plan for those minor kids or even uh, kids transitioning to adulthood or adult kids, making sure that what is going to happen with guardianship your stuff and all of that. But then, of course, I assume we have some process here to make sure it's all written down in the right way so that it happens in the right order. Before, well, and I could talk about yeah. process. Happy yeah. to talk about process. Let's go back to the, the important piece just for a moment. I want to yeah, dig in sure. a, a little deeper there. I come at this with a very well-defined point of view, and that is smart parents make a plan for their children's future. So if you're a parent of of young children, I believe that smart parents make a plan for their children's future. Now, the corollary to that, if you just follow that out logically, is that stupid parents don't. Now, that's not because people are stupid. It's But a lot of parents know they need to get this done, but they haven't gotten it done. So we can get into why. But that's why... That's number one, why it's important. Mm -hmm. Number one, because smart parents do this. Number two, your kids need and want you to know that you have a plan for their future. They need to know this. They need to know that mom and dad care enough about them to create a plan so that the kids have a bright future, even if mom and dad aren't there. I, I know this because... As a child myself, I didn't always feel cared for and protected by one of my parents. And 
I can still remember what it felt like 50 years ago to look around and realize one of my parents doesn't really care about me and isn't protecting me. And I never want anyone else's child to feel that way. I never want anybody else's child to look back and say, why didn't mom and dad care enough to create a plan for what was going to happen to me if something happened to them? So that's why this is so important. But I also recognize that not every parent knows exactly what planning looks like or how to get started, which is one of the reasons we're out in the community as much as we are, to try and educate parents of the things they want to be thinking about, the questions they want to be asking and answering, and how to get a toehold into this planning process. So then the process around planning is, in our office, it looks something like this. A prospective client will come in, they'll meet with us, it's with one with me or one of the attorneys in our office, and the first part is really just to understand who is this prospective client? Who are these people? What's important to them? Let's understand something about their family, something about their kids, something about their extended family, their relationship. And then really it's all about helping prospective clients get very clear on where they are right now. Where are they in terms of what's going to happen to their kids? If something happens to the parents right now, where are they in terms of what's going to happen to their assets? Or who's going to make decisions for them if there's a period of incapacity? And for a lot of families, whether they're young families or empty nesters, the plan they've got right now is a default plan because they haven't created any plan at all. So our job is really to help them get very clear about what's going to happen under the default plan. Because just if you got dropped in the middle of a forest, but you knew you wanted to go to L.A., but you didn't know what forest you were in, and nobody gave you a map, even if you had a map in your hand, if you didn't know where you were starting from, there's no way for you to get to where you want to go to. So the starting point is always, where are you right now? Let's just, let's get everybody clear on where you are right now. And then we can talk about and help you to get really clear about where you want to be instead. Where you are is not where you want to stay. Where do you want to go? And then let us take you by the hand and guide you through the trip, through the transition from where you are now to where you want to be, from point A to point B. And so when we are meeting with a prospective client, that's we've got an hour of digging in there. Where are you? Where do you want to be? And identifying the problems and the solutions to those problems. And guiding the client, prospective client, from where they are to where they want to be. And then it's all about what level of planning is the right level of planning, because there's all different levels of planning. There's all different kinds of plans, depending upon what you're trying to accomplish. And then if we're all a good fit for each other, then we get into the design phase of a plan where we say, okay, if this is where you want to be, let's start working out step by step by step how we're going to get you there. And this is not something that Prospective clients have to do on their own. They don't have to wander around in the wilderness trying to figure this out for themselves. There are people who are available, like us, who can just take them by the hand and walk them through a process so that at the other end of it, they've created a plan, they've made the decisions for their family, they've created the plan, we've helped them in the creation of obviously the documents that are a part of that plan. They get to a signing meeting, they sign documents, and now they've got a tangible plan in place, and they can walk away from that with a great big sigh of relief knowing that now 
they know exactly what's going to happen if something happens to them. And there's no doubt about what the future is bringing for their family. Yeah, thanks for walking us through that, how it works. And also, thank you for the work that you do. I appreciate your story of your childhood and growing up and wanting to make sure that children are really understand that they're being loved and, and taken care of. And also your story about why you started this firm in particular, working with families, especially families with young kids uh, transitioning to adulthood that were really being underserved in terms of having a plan so that the parents are organized about making sure they're taking care of their children. So let me ask this. I got the prospect, you know, so you meet with some parents they are like, geez, I really do need to do something here. I haven't done anything yet and uh, definitely need to get organized and have a plan. So let's meet with a personal family lawyer. We meet with David. We find somebody close by, meet with that person, start to go through the organization. Where are you right now? What are you interested in making sure that we have planned for? What are the, give me some examples, say I come in and we've got a couple of minor kids and yeah, David, I've got the default plan right now, i.e., you know, nothing really. So what would be some typical recommendations? You're not knowing my situation, but just what would you typically say, here's, here's two or three or four things that we typically would do for parents with young kids. So number one, as I said before, the, the first thing we always talk about is a plan for your kids. I will never stop this firm will never stop until every child has the comfort of knowing that mom and dad named guardians for them so if something happens to mom and dad kids are going to be very well protected so we're always starting by talking about guardianship for parents with young kids and guardianship really breaks down into two different time frames which most people don't know and most parents don't think about everybody thinks about okay if i were to die who would i want to step in and care for and love and raise my kids until they're 18, which is when they no longer need a formal legal guardian. And almost any estate planning attorney can help you to think about that and plan for that. Now, they'll do it in varying degrees of comprehensiveness, let's put it that way. But everybody will help you to at least think about long-term guardianship. But the other side of it is short-term guardians, because let's face it, a lot of parents, their guardians don't live next door, down the street, across town. They live hours away. They live a plane ride away. I have lots of clients whose guardians live outside the country and for the last two plus years haven't always been able to get entrance into the United States if something happened to the parents. So what happens in that scenario is if long-term guardians aren't immediately available, then you want to be thinking about short-term guardians or who do I know and trust in a 15 or 20 minute radius around my house? Who could come over quickly and be with my kids until my long-term guardian could arrive and take over? And by the way, this is a piece I had to figure out for my own kids when 20 years ago when they were still five and one, and my sister and my brother-in-law lived two and a half hours away in Connecticut, but I had tons of people who lived right around me who could step in. So guardianship is always the first planning piece that we go at. And we talk about long-term and short-term guardians. Then we always talk about, okay, you've got assets. What's going to happen to your assets if something happens to you? How do you want your kids to use, get, get access to these resources? Who's going to manage those resources until they're old enough to get access? And then when they are, how do you want this all to happen? There's different ways to set things up. There's more protective ways. There are ways to really protect the money that you leave to kids. Some parents just want to make an outright distribution when their kids get to be the right age. 
And then the last thing we talk about, again, is the incapacity piece. Who do you want to make decisions for you if you're sick, unconscious, can't make decisions for yourself, and somebody needs to make medical decisions for you, or get access to your financial accounts, or make legal decisions for you? So that's really what we're walking prospective clients through in an initial meeting, and then the planning then follows that same framework. You're going to move forward with your planning. Okay, let's figure out who's going to be the guardians long-term and short-term. How do we want to structure a plan around assets, which can either break down into a will, which is one way to create uh, a roadmap and guidance and instructions about what you want to have happen to your assets, or it could be through a, a revocable trust, which is a, another methodology for creating that set of instructions for what happens to those assets. And then it's just a matter of working clients through that process and helping them make the decisions. And we're really there as guide, uh, coach, sometimes therapist. When we're talking about guardianship, very often I'm acting as almost a quasi-therapist because that that's a piece that people have difficulty deciding on and butt heads with spouses on a lot. But that's essentially the framework for deciding on a plan and designing that same plan. Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought up, I guess there are points one and three. The middle one, number two, assets. That's what I think people often think about, estate planning or a will. Like, where's my stuff going to go? My accounts, how do I want to do that? But, you know, what I'm hearing from you and is resonating with me, it seems so much more important. One is that guardianship, both short-term and long-term. You had mentioned that to me before. Who's going to step in right away? Who's that neighbor that you can trust that can really just be there moments away? And it's so important. And then the incapacitation is something I bring up a lot with my clients because it's not what you're thinking about. It's like, again, where's my stuff going to go if I'm not here? You're not thinking, what if you're still alive, but you can't make decisions? Bad. Like, what's going to happen to your kids? Who's going to make those decisions? It seems super important. So I'm really glad that uh, you brought that up. Yeah, and the, the truth is you got to think about all of those possibilities, all of those contingencies. You might die, and you need a plan for what happens if you die. But as I say to clients, you might not die. But you still need a plan for what happens if you don't die. And again, I mentioned earlier that there's some, that almost every estate planning attorney can help you with guardianship with varying levels and degrees of comprehensiveness. And that's one of the pieces where that shows up is that most estate planning attorneys will help you to create a death plan around your kids and around guardianship, but they skip over the possibility that you could be in a car accident and not die. Or over the last couple of years that you could get COVID and not die, and not, but just not be able to take care of your kids. And your death plan is of no value to anyone if you have not died. Your wills that have guardianship nominations for your kids are of no value if you're still alive because we can't file your will unless you die. And that's why it's so important to really think through all of these issues all the way. We really go deep. You know, I have a coach who talks about going into topics an inch wide and a mile deep, like really drilling deep on topics. And that's how I think about estate planning sometimes with my clients. Sometimes they look at me like, why are we doing this? And my answer is because I don't ever want anybody in your family to look around and say, uh-oh, what do we do now? That there should always be an answer to the question, what do we do now? Obviously within reason. But you've got to think through these 
issues all the way through, and there's got to be contingencies because all kinds of things can happen. This is why I love people like yourself doing this kind of work, because I think of myself sometimes as the opposite, David, where I have to know a little bit about a lot of topics to help families do planning in all these different areas. But then I have to reach out to the experts like yourself that have deep knowledge in these areas to help families that need that specific thing to be implemented to go to that expert and and go the mile deep. So I really appreciate that. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask another question. I know that your planning is so comprehensive. We've talked a lot about that today, what you do with clients, how this process works, just in general, what clients should be thinking about in terms of planning for their family, all the bits and pieces that need to be a part of that and how you would walk them through that. But I get a lot of questions about online and stuff too. Hey, can't I just fill out like the online will or the trust? Or what do you think about I found this thing on whatever.com? Do I have to hire the expert and, and pay that amount of money or can I do this myself? I needed to ask you that question as well. What are resources that parents should use or not use or how to think about that? A couple of things. Number one, there's I'm not going to pretend there's not a lot of online resources. There's a lot of online resources to do everything. <laughs> That's right. I want to rewire my house. I just Google and come up with YouTube videos. Next thing you know, I'm rewiring my house. Now, I may electrocute myself or burn my house down in the process, but I can do it. There's so We'll acknowledge there's tons of online resources. Here's the problem with online resources. You don't know what you don't know, and online resources aren't necessarily helping you to understand what you don't know. They're not asking you all the questions a really good estate planning attorney would ask you to help you think about things that you're not naturally thinking about. When I talk about short-term guardians, every parent I've ever raised that issue with has looked at me with utter surprise. Now, ultimately grateful, thank you so much for sharing that, because I had no idea but that's one of the things they don't know. So they walk away from LegalZoom and they've got no short-term guardians because LegalZoom isn't asking them, who do, do you want to name short-term guardians? The other problem with, with online resources is that they're by design, they're very middle of the road, plain vanilla, generic resources. They can't go too far afield of where most people are or where they think most people are or should be. And so it's a very narrow lane that you travel down when you are creating an estate plan with an online resource. But most importantly, you just don't know what you don't know. And so you end up with what I would call a leaky bucket of an estate plan, except for you don't know that the bucket is leaking all over the place. You think, wow, I got this done. And no one discovers the bucket has been leaking all over the place for all these years until something happens to you and your family discovers the plan just doesn't do what you needed it to do and by then it's too late to fix it. So there's there are lots of online resources and they're there, but again, I, I think especially for parents with young kids, it's it it's dangerous to think that you can do this on your own. The other thing I, I caution about, this is a cautionary tale, but I used to be on these panels once upon a time, is that there's a lot of people out there who get legal services through work. Hyatt Legal Services, Eric, MetLife. And so a lot of people will try to do this through their legal service plan. But again, legal service plans for the most part, and I used to be on panel with Eric. I mean, I did this work once upon a time, not anymore. But the planning that is offered through those legal services, again, tends to be very simple will, healthcare proxy, power of attorney, living will. Boom, that's it. But that's maybe 
one quarter of a plan that I would normally put together for families with young kids. And again, people get a false sense of security out of using these plans. Interestingly, when I was on Eric, the thing that made me leave Eric's panel was I was working with a prospective client with, who had a child with special needs, and they needed more complex, sophisticated planning than their plan was allowing for. And they said, no, we just want to stick with the plan that is included uh, with our work benefits. And I knew that wasn't going to work for their family at all, that if anything ever happened to them with that kind of plan in place, their child would be, you know, it just, it would have been a disaster for their child. And the next day I, I wrote to Eric and I said, respectfully, I am going to resign from your panel. So that's the, pro- that's the problem with some of the legal service plans that people get through work. My recommendation is if I want, need my house to be rewired, I'm calling a master electrician. I'm not trying to do this myself. I'm not trying to call a local journeyman, handyman, or carpenter to to try his hand at rewiring my house. Send me a professional electrician. I'll pay the bill. Let's have it done. I don't want to electrocute myself. I don't want to burn my house down, hurt my family, kill my family. And I feel about estate planning pretty much the same way. Yeah. One thing that you said to me before that resonated was the idea that you don't know what you don't know, and you also won't know it until you're not around. So in other words, it'll be their family picking up the pieces, those guardians, your other family members that will be picking up the pieces and may discover that something doesn't, wasn't done appropriately or you didn't you take it to that deep level of really covering contingencies or forgetting things or not having it organized. And you won't know until you're not around and whoever you leave behind will be left picking up those pieces. That, you know, was another point that I thought was really, uh, was really important, what you're, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Unfortunately, the mess will be, yeah, as you said, the mess will be for your family to try and clean up after you're gone. And it's a whole lot harder to clean. It's almost impossible to clean it up effectively at that point. You're just... Right. At that point, you're just doing the best you can with what you got left. David, what are some actions that uh, people listening today that haven't gotten started on this, that realize, Jesus this is something I need to get going on, what are some actions that you would recommend getting started with? The first action would be make a decision, I'm going to get the planning in place. Make the decision. Everything else follows from the decision, and then figure out what's your next step. Whenever I do a, a workshop or a webinar, whenever I'm teaching, I am always giving somebody, here is a potential next step. You may choose to take the step or not take the step, but I'm not just going to teach you and then say, hey, good luck, uh, because as Bruce Lee said, to know and not to do is not to know. So you got to. there's some doing that's involved. But it all starts with a decision. Make a decision. We're going to get a plan in place. And then dig into the doing part. Maybe the doing part is asking people for recommendations about a really good estate planner. Surprisingly enough, that's how a lot of prospective clients come to our door because they posted literally in a Facebook group, a parent group in Facebook, we're thinking about doing this. Does anybody have anybody to recommend? And very often our name will bubble up. It's just very interesting to me. So decision, get started doing, do some research, find a good estate planning attorney in your area. Uh, personal family lawyer is a great place to, to be searching if you're outside of Mass, particularly outside of Massachusetts, and if you're looking for somebody who's really focused on families with young kids, because that's a good network of kinds of estate planning attorneys across the country. And just 
call up somebody, reach out to somebody to take that next step. One of the reasons we've got so many resources on our website is so that it's easy for people to take a next step. And if you take one step, you're likely to take the next step and the step after that. Because inertia is the undoing of all of us, right? Even outside of estate planning, we're like, hey, I should do that. And then you don't do anything and then that enthusiasm falls away. And a lot of parents kick the estate planning can down the road over and over and over again. I can't tell you how many people have come into my office apologizing, coming in through the door or coming in through a Zoom room saying, we should have been here years ago. We should have been here years ago. We meant to do it. We're embarrassed. Apologizing. My answer is always, it doesn't matter what you didn't do yesterday. It only matters what you do today and moving forward. So make a decision. Yeah. Take the next step. I love that. Just make the decision because, and then say it out loud, say it to yourself. If you're listening right now, just make the decision and say it out loud or write it down because then you will absolutely follow through on that next step. If you've made the decision to move forward, you will find a way, you will find the right resource. I'm not worried about that, but thank you for saying it that way, David. I love that. Just make the decision, say it out loud, hold yourself accountable, and you will find the next step tonight, tomorrow, this week, um, and start making it happen. So David, where can people find out more about you and your firm? You can find us on the web at parents, with an S, parentsestateplanning.com. By the way, if there's anybody listening who's got a child who's graduating from high school and is heading off to college in the fall, one thing that parents don't realize is that when your child turns 18, they are a legal adult and you can no longer step in and make decisions for them the way you could when they were 17. So what we do a lot of at this time of year, right up through August, is creating our 18 plus plans which is incapacity documents for young adults, healthcare proxy, HIPAA authorizations, and power of attorney. So if they go off to school or wherever they are, if something happens, mom and dad particularly, but somebody can step in and make decisions for them. So parentsestateplanning.com, as I said before, we've got lots of resources on our website, Kids Protection Planning Guide for Families with Young Kids, an Empty Nester Guide for individuals who've got adult children who are uh, away from the nest. We've got an 18-plus plan guide talking about all of the the documents in our 18 plus plan. And you can always reach out to our office at 978-263-6900. And just you can give the office a call and our team will be happy to help you figure out what's the next best step for you. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. The resources on the website are awesome. I can attest to that. So check those out. Uh, there definitely be something uh, for everybody if you're even thinking about this and go there, get started, find that next step. David, really appreciate you taking the time and sharing so much. I learned a lot on this one again today. So thanks for being here. Thanks again for having me. It was great to be with you today. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at FinancialPlanningPod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.